Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to David Chim from MindChamps. David talks about his incredible story from refugee to child actor to education pioneer to founder, CEO and executive chairman of MindChamps. MindChamps is an early learning and development franchise offering enrichment programs to support children's learning and development around the world. Listen as David delves into his role at MindChamps, the story of how the business came about, MindChamps award-winning growth formula, and the core difference between MindChamps and other childcare operators, and much, much more. Listen on to find out more. Welcome, everyone. My name is Raghu from Eden Exchange, and we're joined by Ellen Rogers on our team today. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a special guest, David Chiem, who's the founder and executive director of Mind Champs, one of the most unique businesses in the Australian market, which is spreading its wings across the country after a successful um, growth story uh, in Singapore. Thanks a lot for joining us today, David. Hi, nice to be here. Uh, thank you, and Ellen. Look, you have one of the most unique success stories um, in the franchising world about how you came to grow, form, and your vision for Mind Champs. Could you first start off by telling us about your background? And how you came to the leadership position in MindChamps? Uh, wow, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> well, first and foremost, I actually came from theatre, creative arts uh, background. But even before that, you know, I came to Australia. In fact, in 1978, as a uh, as a boat refugee, not speaking a word of English. Uh, and I recall that on my first day at school, the, the teacher asked me what's my name, and I, I didn't understand and. Uh, this little uh, girl turned to me in my language and said, the teacher's asking you, what's your name, stupid? And, uh, you know, I remember that first day I cried, the first day at school here in Australia. And, you know, I then very much remember what my dad said, that for us to have made it to Australia, he said, you know, for every one of us who made it, someone died. And he said, you know, that was something that was profound and uh, it made me realize that everything that I ever did, you know, was to do, I must never take things for granted. And, you know, moving on from there, years later, I moved into the, the theatre world. And I, I was, in fact, I, I worked in both theatre and the cinema world for quite a while and um, studied both theatre and cinema and um, found that there were many stories in, that I wanted to tell. And one of the stories that I saw was then a huge, I saw as a huge gap globally and uh, it was a story in education. You know, it was something that I was deeply reflecting on because when I was, when you're studying, you know, and working in the, the arts world, you realize that art is the mirror to society. But then you get a bit more realistic in society and the world. You realize that art, while it's critical, art alone is not enough. I mean, art alone is not enough. A society without the arts, however, lacks soul. So art's critical. But I thought that art alone may not be enough to truly make an impact to the world. And so with when my dad said to me, you know, when we first came, he said that um, the only thing that we can ever give you, because we love you so much that no one can ever take away from you, is, is your education. And, you know, coming from a place where they literally took everything away from us, we, we were both refugees to Australia in 78, where they literally took away everything from us, that resonated with me a lot. That is, you know, when he said, education is the only thing no one can take away from you. 
And so with that, you know, deep impression and mindset about, you know, not taking things for granted and how important education is, I saw that, wow, if art's the mirror to society, while the mirror reflects ourselves, education should provide us with the toolbox. Education should provide us with the tools to build our future, not to mold our future. It's not just about the grades. But the education process should be about becoming. It's not about mimicking just to get the grades. The grades are not everything. The grades are, however, relevant and important, but they're not the everything of life. And so it's about how you get the grades that's more critical. And so I saw that there was a huge story that was not told. And that was that story in education. That is, you know, if we were to build an education model that would give us the toolbox to build our future, well, what would that toolbox look like? What would be in that toolbox? And then I, I realized that, you know, we, we, all of us, in fact, all of us, we, in some ways, we're experts on education because all of us went to school five days a week for solid almost 16 years of our life. And that's five days a week. So, you know, we went through an entire education system where all of us were essentially most essentially taught the what to learn. And very rarely the, the system teaches us the, the how to learn. That is the craft, the art of learning, the how to learn, so that you can continue your deep relationship with learning positively for life. And the second aspect that I thought was missing was, in fact, the mindset of the learner. The system kind of almost neglected that, you know, it was about nurturing the mindset of the learner so that you can build an incredible mindset that will develop the person for life. And that mindset becomes your toolbox. As we know, in the real world, anybody you know can have a qualification, but it's their mindset that will differentiate them from the rest. And so I saw that, you know, if, if Ask the Mirror, education should be the toolbox. And what's in the toolbox? It's not just the what to learn, it's the how to learn and the mindset of the learner. So much so that with that, we then created an, a research-based model to be able to build an education model that, in fact, we're proud to say that has now been you know, hailed as a global new movement for education. In fact, a very renowned New York, you know, number one New York and uh, Wall Street Journal best-selling author called Dr. A. Michelli, uh, who's written about Starbucks, Mercedes, Ritz Carlton has now published a book. He studied the Mind Champs way, our approach to education and the growth of the company, how we become a global education movement. And so that's how it all kind of sort of began uh, from, I would say, from the origins of, in fact, even my early years of my relationship to education and the, recognizing the deep, profound need for education. and But not just the need for it, but in a world where it's no longer about the A stars, it's about, we say at MindChamps, it's about the AI world. Because essentially we're preparing children today for that world. You know, when a child comes to our preschool today at, at the early years, by the time that child faces the real world, they would have gone to school for another 16 years. And therefore, by the time they face the real world and get a basic kind of diploma degree, that's almost 20 years time. That's the year 2040. So to prepare children for that year, 2040, when they face fresh graduate out of uni, first year, what kind of, what kind of mindset would they need? And that's when we realized 
they needed what we called the three minds model. So the entire toolbox is encapsulated in this three minds model of education. The champion mind, the creative mind, and the learning mind. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the three minds encapsulates all of the aspects I mentioned about. That is the mindset of the learner and the craft, the art of learning in knowing how to learn for life. So that's when we, you know, form a research team to 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 be able to craft this uh, global new approach to education. Yeah. And you, you've mentioned you know, the, the foundations of the business, the philosophy and the development from the, you know, the research to mind champs. How did that evolve into this you know, successful franchise and business model that you've been expanding across your um, target market? So can you just explain how it went from this you know, conceptual you know, visionary idea to this functioning uh, franchise business that you've made a success of? Yes, well, uh, Rahul, we, we recognize that, you know, in um, be able to bring this movement of education to the world, particularly, you know, for early childhood. Early childhood preschools and, you know, should be close to parents' homes. Now, and we recognize that to take this global, we had to create a model that is, you know, at the highest of level of standards that can be consistently, you know, transferred globally. And we needed to allow the people to actually own it so that they can themselves, with their own you know, passion, drive this in their own suburbs and areas and, you know, around the world. So there's nothing better than having you know, people who are deeply passionate about you know, driving that particular, particularly you know, if you have a powerful movement. And um, so, in fact, a lot of our franchisees are corporate mums who've, you know, lived their life in the corporate world and recognized that, you know, they didn't want to continue the corporate path and wanted to own their own business. And, but not just any business, a business that's, you know, profoundly meaningful to them, particularly as they have children in our schools. And, you know, when they, their children go to our school, they see the big impact to their child and the difference it makes in their child, then they then want to set up their own and so the, the franchise model enables them to own it. They get to own their own business and at the same time be a part of, you know, growing an education movement and seeing, obviously, every day young children being transformed is, um, you know, in the words of most of our franchisees, it's deeply profound. Uh, you know, there's probably not too many businesses that one can, you know, passionately work hard to achieve that uh, can be such a noble profession, you know. So yeah, I mean, they, we recognized that we had to create a franchise model that could be taken global. And obviously, Australia is a huge, important, uh, you know, market. Australia, you know, in fact, Australia alone has some about almost 8,000, you know, child cares around the country. And so it's a huge, huge space. All right. And so how, how does the business model work? How does it, how do you set up a mind champs in a new country or a new territory? And what is the mind champs philosophy? Yeah. Well, look, our franchise model is that obviously, um, you know, we, we have uh, people who come on board as what we call the unit franchisees. So in Australia, that's what is, is available. So people can purchase either uh, a unit or a multiple unit franchise and set up in their the areas to strategically that um, they would like to choose. 
and our team gives some absolute support for that from the you know from the licensing phase you know the selection of the site to all the way to you know quite uniquely at mindchamps we we train every single educator teacher of ours and the global hq team we train every teacher and educator so this the the consistency is is the key particularly in, in education because your teacher is everything and it's important that every single teacher and educator is trained and accredited uh, we also one of the very few education players globally in fact that uh, insists and make it mandatory that regardless of the formal qualifications that an educator may have in their you know required uh, field for example in australia you need at least you know a cert 3 and then to be an educator a teacher you have to be um, you know uh, a a degree holder uh, so you can either do diploma degree but regardless of that um, you know we train the teachers as well above and beyond that in the mind champs way um, so you know we we provide uh, incredible uh, consistent training and support uh, from from every front yeah excellent you did mention the the size of the market and the australian opportunity and and also the childcare sector is also one where there's a, there is a lot of competition so how do you clearly differentiate yourself from from other providers in the sector and so what makes you confident that you you have the ability to um, get attrition from other providers or even be so different you can um, compete in that space or even dominate that space? Yeah, well, you know, great question, Rahul. In fact, when we first launched in Singapore, in Singapore, we chose Singapore. In fact, our research was all done right here in Australia in Sydney in 98 as a, as a team. And when we were ready, we thought we'll take this, you know, to the world and to take the world, we thought which country or which geographic location was the perfect ideal platform, which was truly the gateway between the East and the West, and that's Singapore. And then on top of that, we chose Singapore because we thought if we're going to take this to the world, we have to make sure that we really, truly are competitive in a space that, like you said, is so highly competitive. Everyone is kind of doing the same thing. So what were we going to do that's totally going to differentiate ourselves? So not only did we pick Singapore because it's the strategic location to the world, east and west, but it also, as you know, I mean, Singapore ranks right up there in the top of uh, the PISA results globally, the education performance globally results, which, in fact, unfortunately, in Australia, we've been dropping in our standards and standing. So we thought, let's go to the, one of the highest of standards of education globally on the world and see if we can make that happen there and prove it there, which is exactly what we did. We, we went, we took it to Singapore, and I remember, you know, asking exactly that question, how can it differentiate ourselves? Because in Singapore, I mean, one of the things about Singapore is it's highly competitive and the standards are so high and the parents' expectations are really, really high because they're, they're spoiled for choice. And, you know, and because it's a small country, everybody knows a brand immediately. So I remember saying to the team that, you know, we, we're actually already about 35 years behind the race. When we got to Singapore, there were about five major brands that were like the nation's top brands, the parents' number one top choices. And I recall saying to them, look, you know, what, what are we going to do that's going to differentiate ourselves? We're 35 years behind. 
The one thing that we had to focus on was isn't a record that for us, what differentiates us is, you see, we would tell the parents to go back to their current center and ask the center director or the teachers three questions. The first question you ask the center is, may I ask you, you know, my child is with your center every day. And in some cases, five days a week. They're with you more than they're with me during this period. May I ask you, given that my child is with you five days a week, may I ask you, what's the latest research that supports your approach to your education model and curriculum that my child is supposed to be going through five days a week for these six years? And you'd be astounded to see that in the industry right now, globally, you know, not just here in Australia, but globally, not that many have solid research behind what they do. A lot of them say they do things and they all say they do many things, but whether they really, really make that happen and what's the substance behind it, that's a big question. And then if your center could help you understand that, you know, that would be very impressive and you'd be surprised. Not that many could. And the second question we we asked the parents to ask is if they do have solid research, then may I ask you what training I mean, the, the teacher who's with my child every day right now, what training did she get when she first joined this center? And the amazing thing is that out there in the industry, it works a bit like this. And here's a gap within this global gap. That is, you know, well, you know, you've got a diploma, you've been teaching for 10 years, great, great, come over and start teaching. So you might have a center that has about, you know, 30 teachers, all kind of sort of doing their own thing. And nobody's got a united approach that therefore everyone's kind of doing their own thing and to the to the parents and to the to that little kid, it's the luck of the jewel who who I get this year. And you know, we realize that it shouldn't be left to luck of the jewel. Uh, it's too precious during this. Research has shown that the first six years of nurturing your child's mind and development and the way their mindset is being formed is so critical. So it shouldn't be left to, you know, luck of the draw, which every teacher must go through, you know, a training that helps them to deeply engage and understand the science of what they're doing. And I kind of borrowed that thinking, in fact, from my theater years. I thought, you could have the best script, Hamlet's, which is Shakespeare's Hamlet, and you could have the Oscar winners like Kate Blanchett, two-time Oscar winner, who might have done Hamlet maybe 10 times in her career. But if we were to bring Kate back to Sydney and do it at the Sydney Theater Company, she'd be the first to say, where's my two to three weeks of rehearsal and training? That's what we mean. Otherwise, you, if you put 20 Oscar winners on stage, uh, doesn't mean it's a great piece. You still got to go through that two to three weeks of rehearsals. So we always say, you know, ask the center, if, if you do have a good curriculum, what training did that teacher get when they first joined? And that's so critical. And at MindChamps, we make sure that every teacher, as I mentioned, is trained and accredited by our global team above and beyond their formal qualifications. And those two alone was what immediately separated us from all the other, the top five players of Singapore. And in fact, by the third year, by 2013, we won Franchisor of the Year in all categories, including all franchises, including the KFCs and all that of the world. Mindchamps Preschools, we won Franchisor of the Year in Singapore. And that was due to delivering excellence at the consistent level. And that was from that very question you just you raised, and that is, how would we differentiate ourselves? The third one, which I haven't touched on, is if the education approach has solid research, teachers have to be trained. And thirdly, 
The third question we ask the parents to go and ask the centre that they're at right now is, well, may I ask you, what are the education resources that you use in the classroom to bring this to life, to support the teacher? Because props, which are the education resources, are very critical. And so, my champs, every one of our centres who is in our franchise global network, all the resources are ordered to the standard of our global HQ, what we call the champion goal standards, so that every centre has you know, that consistent quality of the resources as well. So those three key questions differentiated us immediately, and that's when we were able to win franchise all of the year and take that number one market share position of, in fact, probably the most competitive place in the world in education, Singapore. And look, I can't... Um... You hit home with a few points there in terms of you know, we also have our child in childcare and some of those points hit home in terms of knowing exactly the type of training and development they're getting exposed to uh, versus just leaving them with providers. I won't name the name, so we do hope you to open one near us. But I want to reiterate, um, look, I was in Singapore just a few days ago at Changi Airport. Oh, wow. And and I don't think if you're an Australian view, you should understand the brand presence in the Singapore market with when you leave the airport, there's a Mind Champs uh, training center attached to the airport. And if you're aware of the, the the presence that the airport has, I think it does give some idea of the presence in Singapore. Um, but that leads me to the other question. Do you think there's a difference in the, the Australian um, consumer of your product versus the Singapore user? Uh, and do you think there's anything intrinsically different or it's a very similar approach you're able to take here? Yeah. In fact, Rahul, thank you for sharing that about your visit to Singapore. Um, you know, as you probably experienced, Singapore's Chang Airport it wins the number one airport in the world consecutively for many years. And in fact, they were so keen to bring in one of our centers there so that they could benefit a lot of the staff who are working there. And, uh, in fact, if, you, if you're there at Terminal 3, it's in the most, our center is in the, one of the most strategic and prime locations of the airport, you know, literally, just before you leave the immigration, uh, it's right there. Uh, now, they brought us in for a particular reason because of, you know, the, the trust and the brand that, you know, that is a, 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 a franchise center. And what we're proud of is that in Singapore, with our 40 centers, no matter which center uh, they, you go to, there is that consistent you know, brand standing. And in fact, one time when I heard the GM you know, share in a meeting that Changi Airport wanted our preschool to be there, I first thought that you know, they probably put us in the basement somewhere. And then when they, when they showed me the location, which is in the most prime location, I said, are you serious? And they said, yeah, their CEO wanted that. And there is a 10,000 square feet <laughs> space that they wanted us to be in. And they've carved that out. They want our brand to be there. This is something you can't buy at the, at the airport. And uh, there was a two massive, you know, advertising banner spaces that the airport has just when you check in. There's two 15 meter kind of banner poles. And it said, uh, the world's number one airport meets the number one preschool. <laughs> and so, you know, it was a global position. And uh, the airport recognized that, you know, people from all around the world come to Singapore and they wanted that presence to be known. So to answer your question about whether there's any difference, wow, you see all the research points to the exact same thing, and particularly in the early childhood space. 
how you nurture the mind of a of a child today in a world where AI is part of our lives. The research has shown that it is a universal global thing. It is no longer a you know geographic thing. Kids' minds today connect to the world, and how we nurture the minds and the mindset of a child is a global thing. There's no such thing as better for one country, not better for the rest. So kids' minds see the world, and can you imagine what they we we need to prepare them for to the 2040. And so, as you can see, when um, you know when you do when they do the global you know P PISA PISA global education results, Singapore is right up there at the top, and it's because in fact, when the News Corp you know interviewed me and asked you know what is it that's differentiating students over in Singapore, I would say, I would really really strongly say that it's not about drilling kids in high school and worrying about that. It's about in the early years. It's a bit like at the Olympics. If you're at the Olympic 400-meter hurdle race, which is um, a relay race, if the first runner, which is in the early years, drops the baton, yeah, which is in the preschool years, if you haven't got that right, the race is going to be very behind. So, you know, in the early years, preschool, it's a global thing. It is not a territory thing. Particularly, we're living in a world where AI is a very much part of our lives. And our kids' minds are so globally connected. Anybody who's thinking it's about a local thing is already far left behind. All the research that we've done in the last 21 years, since 98, shows that very clearly. All right. So MindChamps is located in 20 different locations across Sydney. What are your plans for further expansion? And is there a particular region you have in mind? Yes. Yeah. Well, look, in fact, the, the exciting news is we do have the latest one, which we opened about six weeks ago in the French's Forest. We was launched, in fact, by um, Minister Hazard here, Minister of Health and Research. Um, you know, the, So we have our 21st centre in French's Forest. Um, the other 20 are all around the Sydney metro area. So our core focus was um, obviously um, to, to truly strongly establish in the Sydney first. Um, and then from here, obviously, we will then grow it nationally. You know, Melbourne, Queensland, South Australia, you know, Western Australia. So, but uh, our core focus for this period has been, you know, to make sure that we build a very, very strong uh, HQ and a support team right here in Sydney first. And then what type of person would you say makes for a good franchisee with MindChamps? Uh, okay. Someone who deeply cares about children and wants to contribute to that society in a way that truly knows that this is a this is something that what you do every day will have an impact. And also someone who thinks about and cares about this in a lo- slightly longer term. You know, we wouldn't want someone who's just like a, you know, want to buy a business and sell in three years. That's not the right mindset. This is about education. So somebody who also, you know, has a experience in any business at all, that's okay. They don't have to be in, in education, but they deeply care about children and what the role of nurturing children does for the nation. And as I mentioned, you know, we do have uh, many who are successful business people from who've run other types of businesses or franchises. For example, in Singapore, we have one who runs a lot of his own other franchise you know, businesses, and he's now got his third one with us. Then we also have those who, as I mentioned earlier, who are like the the corporate parents who, you know, who have had enough of kind of corporate life and really want to own their own business, but they want to own something that they can come to come to every day 
and a lot of them also have children, so they they put their own children in the school, and that is so deeply meaningful because you know it gives them a, a whole sense of satisfaction. So th- those would be the ideal. So they don't have to come from education; they they just need to really be deeply passionate about caring. You know, and I I know people say this stuff, but you know, this is us. I've always said that the Divine Champs, you know, this is. In 100 years' time, our story continues to be, to be told. This is one organization that is not going to be selling out uh, to some you know, other conglomerate of fun. We, we, this is our life. This is who we are. This is what we are. So we, we want people who really, truly care about wanting to make that difference. And then the, re- the results and the, re- the rewards are really strong when they have that type of passion. The numbers are very, very strong in this industry. All right. So just wanting to double back to the business model. Australia and Singapore are alike in that they are both very multicultural with many diverse approaches to raising and educating young children. How is MindChamps meeting the needs of its customers with such a diversity in language, community and cultural traditions being the norm now? Yes, yeah, you're right. Both the highly multicultural and you know obviously um these days, as I mentioned earlier, the kids' minds today, they see things we never saw. And there is, from an early childhood perspective, for them, there's, there is no real cultural barrier at all for young children. And however, you know, the key thing is making sure that we also engage the parents. So, you know, we very much respect the fact that some kids will come from different cultural backgrounds. But what is uniting all parents, though, regardless of their cultural background, is every parent. Uh, has the exact same desire, and that is to provide their child with the absolute best. And when they see the research, particularly of what we've, you know, have done, and we can share with them about the, the three minds empirical studies of research, how to nurture the child's champion, creative, and learning mind. We're proud to say that we're actually the only organization globally that has that empirical studies. One of our key researchers on our team. Professor Alan Snyder is world renowned. You know, he's a fellow of the Royal Society, and he's our chairman of research. And so, when they get to understand the global research, then they realize that there is really no, you know, cultural boundaries, particularly when it comes to early childhood. And you mentioned your team, which is a you know quite a, a phenomenal lineup of people. I, I do remember reading some of Alan Snyder's books. You know what makes a champion some years back as well, but you do you formulated an incredibly impressive team as well as the people backing the company as well. How, how important is that, both from the research perspective as well as from the the business growth trajectory you're aiming towards? Yes, yeah. I mean, having for us, when we thought if we're going to truly fill in this global gap in education, we we recognize that we have to have deep research and substance behind what this is about. So much so that we thought research from one domain wasn't enough. We needed four domains. And essentially, society has been living in silos, in different silos. And we really kind of bring the different domains together to try and solve a global problem. So, for example, education. Uh, We've been looking at education through the lens of education. Now, at MindChamps, we recognize that this is critical. We have to have some of the world's leading experts and professors and researchers in the education domain. And in fact, uh, we have a team of incredible education experts on our team from that domain. But we thought that 
that domain alone on its own may not be enough. So we needed also people from psychology. So that's to educate, we must understand behavior. Uh, and then the third domain we recognize we needed these researchers to come from is neuroscience, like you mentioned, Alan Snyder. And uh, within neuroscience, we thought we must understand mindset formation and concept formation. How does the brain actually learn? And how does the brain form mindsets about things? For example, some people go to school their entire life for 16 years, five days a week, and become adults and say things like, oh, oh, numbers, I'm, I'm bad at it. I hate numbers. And that's a mindset because no, no child was born to hate numbers or, <laughs> or be bad at numbers. It's just somewhere along the way, you know, in terms of mindset formation, something happened and they had a negative response to that process of learning. It's like somebody who's a racist, a racist towards someone else or nationality. You have a mindset against people from that nationality. It's a mindset. It's not true. Not, every, not everybody from that nationality are like that, uh, but they form such a strong mindset, they become mindset. So we thought the neuroscience is critical. So we have researchers from education, psychology, neuroscience. And in the fourth domain, and I remember Prof. Alan Snyder saying this, and he said, you know, David, we can have the latest research, but if we go in the classroom and teach the same old-fashioned way, then it's pointless. So we needed another domain, and then, which is where my background came. And, you know, and we realized that for over 4,000 years, the domain of theater, theater is the powerful craft of engagement not just a conscious, but a non-conscious mind. And we have to bring the domain of theater with the latest understanding of the human mind and the, how the brain learns with behavior, with education methodology, and bring the four into one. The four becomes one. It's not one or the other, the four becomes one. So much so that when we train our teachers at, at MindChamps, we say that education is theater. No education professor can argue, no matter how many papers they publish, that if they sum up what is education, ultimately, in one word, it's engagement. Because until we engage that child, we, all the content is there, the click of a mouse, they've got all the content. What they need are people who can engage and help them to build a positive relationship to the content, therefore the learning process, and develop how to learn so that they build an ongoing loving relationship positively. And that type of mindset is what is going to differentiate them, AI world, to the rest. So yeah, we were very particular about making sure that our model we had a global research team. And um, you know, we're very excited to say that in Australia alone, we have some of the most incredible people from Australia on our team. In fact, most of them are recipients of the Australian Order or the you know Australian Medal in their field on our team. One of them is probably one of Australia's most prolific early childhood uh, literacy authors, uh, Libby Gleason. Uh, she's also an OAM. And then in education, we have someone like Professor Stephen Schultz, who's also you know an AM. And he was, in fact, the chairman of the Australian Regulatory Assessment Authority of Australia and former vice-chancellor of you know, Macquarie and Murdoch Uni. And these are people who've lived their life in their domain and have found that within their own domain, you know, reaching this stage of their life, they wanted to be a part of something larger than any one of us. And that is to tell a story and to fill in this gap for education globally. Because individual domains are finding it very challenging when the world has leapt forward, but education is still struggling to change. As you can see with the latest outcome of uh, our PISA results here, the governments are now having a lot of debate. <laughs>
And sometimes to get things in society to rapidly move forward, we need an enterprise that continues to keep on being able to really push things forward and do so much more quickly, uh, which is why MindChamps um, was formed and why Dr. A.J. Macelli calls us a global movement. And in fact, yeah, in fact, Dr. Macelli himself, in his book, The MindChamps Way, uh, he talked about that. He talked about that anybody who wanted to be a part of this movement to... Um, and I was quite amazed and blown away when he wrote it. <laughs> he said that, you know, if you really, really want to be a part of this movement, click on the franchise uh, <laughs> site to, to find out more because that's the way you can contribute to your nation and your area to be able to grow this movement and, and own your own business. And mentioning the movement, what's your vision now for, for the movement, both uh, in Australia over the next few years and beyond after that? Yes, yeah. Well, as you probably know, we're, we're currently in um, in multiple countries. We're in Singapore, Vietnam, Myanmar, Malaysia, Philippines, quite, quite a few, you know, Abu Dhabi, quite a few countries. So, you know, the movement is growing. And in fact, you know, it won't be too far away when we also will be in the UK as well and the, the US. So, you know, it is, it is, as we speak, growing. Yeah. And it comes from people who you know, just like Dr. Michelli, who when he got to know about who we are, he wanted to be a part of telling the story. Uh, so it truly comes from that. And then those who are passionate can then acquire their own, you know, franchise and run it uh, and own it, literally. But they don't want the hassle of having to go through 21 years of research and forming in a, an incredible global team. And in fact, team members like Prof. Alan Snyder, they, these are people who've lived their life in their space and you can't really, you can't really entice them to join anything else but something that is beyond larger than them than all of us, because they've already done what they've done in their space. They want to be part of something larger, and so by being a part of our franchise model, the the franchisee gets to access all of that instantly. The moment they set up, they've got that global research, global presence, and incredible brand power behind them, which is why our franchisees do so well here in Singapore, because they can access that instantly, because no other player, we dare say, has that depth of the research and the training based on global scientific people standing behind it. All right. So what help do franchisees get with training and support to get their sites running? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I can give a, a real example. You know, our French's Forest Centre right now, we, we, you know, we, our team gave support of, you know, setting up the whole site, making sure that it is compliant with our champion goal standards. So, you know, the franchisee, uh, she's extremely uh, happy with the way in which the whole relationship works. She gets to learn everything about how it's done, every step of the process. But at the same time, she's got team members going through and doing that with her. And then... Um, all the educators, once they're selected, including the CD, a centre director, will be trained by our HQ. In fact, we're also even offering for our pioneer franchisees to make sure that they really, really get the deep essence of this to even be you know, flown to Singapore for special training. So that the first batch of pioneer franchisees of ours have that deep understanding of from the beginning. And then on an ongoing basis, obviously, our marketing team supports enormously and our education curriculum team continues the training throughout the entire process. It's, it's not just a one-off training. Excellent. Now, there will be people listening, you know, obviously taken by the story, the sector, the industry, the opportunity. But for anyone listening, considering 
just even inquiring about a mind champs business, what are the most important things they should be considering um, before doing that, or, or any advice for anyone just about thinking about making the plunge into the sector with mind champs? Well, I I would say that um, obviously if if they are serious about wanting to understand much more you know about this whole sector, I think most people already get a very strong sense of how important education and early childhood is. And that within the sector right now, one of our challenges, which is why we're kind of lagging behind, is that in early childhood, it's it should be about very strong education, not just babysitting. And uh, those who really want to ent- enter the sector and can contribute to that and want to come in and make a difference to that, they are going to find extremely rewarding. So I think it's it's about more reflecting on what they want in terms of their contribution. And then, as I mentioned, their the, you know the rewards will be very prosperous you know for themselves. But they they should come in with that perspective. Look, and, and literacy and um, English skills and the ability to learn how to learn in that department is quite important. How important do you think that is to the Australian education sector? And what's MindChamps doing to, to push ahead uh, in that area? Yes, yeah, that's, um, I think that's a, such an important question. I mean, our latest in terms of the global standing of literacy standards, we, we ranked 28, even after behind countries like Kazakhstan and Lithuania and, you know, and Chinese Taipei. And uh, so, you know, for, for Australia, I think that that's not something we should be content with. And I think, you know, one of the key gaps in education today, in fact, Four Corners did a program confronting this, this issue and in, in literally that program literally said that the reason why we are lagging behind is, in fact, our Australian educators are not fully equipped to teach reading, you know. And, in fact, they even went to Sydney University to, to interview some students graduating on the day of the graduation to, to ask them whether they felt equipped to be able to fill in this gap of, you know, early childhood literacy and the students there didn't feel equipped, you know. So early childhood literacy is such a huge space, particularly in the early years. And at MindChamps, we care about that so much that we developed a special literacy program. And, you know, by literacy program, we mean a very, very solid program where a child can go through different 12 levels of literacy standards and be assessed to, to see where they're at. And, but it's not about drilling or hothousing. It's about, about building pre-literacy and building the love for the narrative, the story world, which are in books. And when you love the narrative and the story world in books, you love reading. And then the literacy becomes a part of their life, not drilled in purely silo or phonics or, you know, how to understand reading in terms of things that are grammatically correct. It's about building that love for reading for life. Uh, so our educators go through, an, an, you know, a special program for that too. And, you know, we have a very, 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 special program would particularly nurture early childhood literacy and that's a space that i think we can contribute enormously because a lot of the times you know for the parents as well they might want to nurture that but the parents also need to be trained so we have special programs and talks for parents as well because we launched what's called a a three-point plan here in australia and that is uh, the the first one is about uh, you know a research center uh, so we're launching what's called MindChamps AIR, AIR, Applied Integrative Research. And early childhood literacy is one of the key areas that we're focusing on right here to, you know, applied research of the outcomes of the program. 
the second thing is we're setting up a teachers' academy to train the teachers because teaching literacy is not just something that every person with a diploma by osmosis immediately has. Some naturally have a gift, but what is it? I mean, if you even if you're a great naturally gifted person with talent in acting, you still got to go through a great acting theater school to hone your craft. And this program was actually developed by um, Dean of Research, Mr. Brian Caswell, who is a renowned educator and author and researcher, and uh, with a team of, in fact, five early childhood literacy experts. We then piloted the project in Singapore, and then we integrated into the Singapore, all of our 40 schools in Singapore. So the young you know, kids in Singapore and our schools receive this literacy reading program you know, as part of their everyday in school. Imagine giving that to our kids here. And when they love reading so much, they take it with them throughout primary school and high school. But it's amazing. I mean, that's another huge gap. There are some people who go through the entire schooling years, become adults and say things like, I hate reading. I see a book, I yawn. Reading is a chore. Why? Because we didn't get that right from young. It's a bit like what Michael Jordan said. He said, you can practice shooting eight hours a day, but if your technique is wrong, then all you become is very good at shooting the wrong way. You actually become very good at shooting the wrong way. And, you know, reading is not about decoding. We didn't get that right. Reading is about building that love for the pre-literacy years. So it's already part of their mindset and they love it. And then the phonics and the grammar and all that falls into place. That's something that I think, you know, we can truly contribute to um, the Stryland education space here in terms of early childhood literacy and really contribute to lifting our standards here. Excellent. Now, look, obviously lots of drive and vision is required to, to get the business to where it is today. But now what's the best thing about uh, your job, David? What's driving you to do what you do? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> you know, I think that one of the things that drives me personally every day, in fact, you know, when I'm asked this question is what sincerely drives me every day is I just love learning so much. You know, every day when I get up, I thrive on learning and in any area at all and uh, being able to synthesize new perspectives to what we do. And at Mindchamps, we've always said that we, you know, we're a place of tomorrow. We're definitely not a place of today or yesterday. We're a place of tomorrow. And uh, the only way we can continue to be a place tomorrow is if we all deeply, deeply continue to love learning and reflect on ourselves. And so, yeah, what, what excites me every day is by the end of the day, before I go to bed, I just, I do reflect on what are the learnings for the day. And I take that with me every day. And I think that uh, that's what drives me. And with that, I think that helps the whole culture of all of our team leaders and team members globally to, to feel that, yes, together we are that place of tomorrow. And it's from that that we can then help the, you know, the children to take their future and their own hands to be able to you know, be prepared for that. So being able to make that difference and constantly raising questions for tomorrow, that's what you asked me. All right, fantastic. Look, it's been a, a real pleasure speaking today, David. We do encourage anyone interested to who wants to find out more about the business. Um, we'll have some inquiry options near the podcast. So please put your name down and one of the team will be in touch with you ASAP to, to get your journey going with MindChance. Um, look, David, I think it's been extremely fascinating um, talking to you today. I think um, a lot of ground broken in the sector and your story is quite uh, inspirational for anyone looking to, to make a real goal of a, of, a, of a 
of a business and also anyone who wants to tap into a, a rapidly expanding movement. So, again, we'd love to have you on again soon for an update, uh, but it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Rahu, and thank you, Alan. Thank you, David. Cheers. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Take care. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to David Chim, who was the founder, CEO, and executive chairman at Mindchamps, an early learning and development franchise offering enrichment programs to support children's learning and development around the world. To find out more about Mindchamps, or to discover other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to our networking website, businessbuyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to this series on iTunes, or Stitches if you're using Android. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Recent info on the buying, selling, and investing world. Thanks for listening.